Okay, hello everybody. Um, so this is a live broadcast of uh, myself, um, Philosopher King, aka Ibrahim, um, and Lily, aka Pharaoh Hazard. We're going to be reviewing the sci-fi horror action comedy um, movie, Deep Rising. It's a Stephen Summers film, and it's got a pretty cool cast. Um, um, uh, Famiki Jansen's in it. Uh, Trent Williams is in it. Is in it. Um, some other like bit players that are really cool are in it. And this is just kind of a fun, cool um, sci-fi action film. And it's it's kind of like you know it's it's like a goofy, fun movie, basically. Um, so yeah, um, I guess to start off. So the beginning of the film, there's like these these titles that come up, and um, it's just talking about like, oh, there's this these mountain ranges below the South China Sea, and they're like really deep, and man hasn't explored them, and a whole bunch of vessels have vanished, and um, you know it's all a mystery. And then there's like this POV shot of like uh, something right okay. swimming in the wreckage, and then the film starts with this crew of people on a boat. And they're like, it's like torrentially raining and um, it starts off really kind of funny from the jump, right? Perfect. Um, so the captain is Finnegan, who's Trent Williams. Um, I feel like I've, he seems like he's like a face that you know, but I feel like I haven't seen many of his films where he's the lead. Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like he just pops up in random things like TV and movies and stuff like that. Sometimes they're being movies. Sometimes they're like mainstream movies or whatever but no i definitely recognize him but i feel bad that i can't name anything i know he's been in if that makes any sense another 90s movie that i remember him in he was the villain in the phantom i don't know if you remember that movie i have not watched the rewatched the phantom in a long time i remember my brothers rented it from the video store down the street and i just remember a purple costume and kind of checking out and being like i'm gonna go ride my bike to the library <laughs> Even then, I was just like, "Yeah, I think I saw that in theaters." Um, I tried to rewatch it maybe about six years ago, and it the beginning is like terrible, and I just oh, had, sure. had to quit. Yeah, <laughs> I think I definitely need to watch it though. I really, I really want to work up the curtain. Yeah. If I can find it for free, I'm not going to pay for it though. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's on Tubi or something. Um, but yeah, so he's been around a lot. He's done a lot of different things. Um, and, you know, the other guy, I forget the guy's name. Um, let's see if I can find it. I forget the guy's name, but the guy, he, he's the guy who plays Benny in The Kevin Mummy. Kevin Day O'Connor. I yeah. love Kevin Day O'Connor, i got to be honest. He's, he's been in some good films, too. He was in um, he was in There Will Be Blood as well, and he's really good in that. Uh, so, but he's like a Stephen Summers mainstay. He's in I think like friends, actually, in real life. Yeah, I, I would believe it because he's in like how, and he's amazing in the Mummy. I I think like ben, I they should have they should have brought Benny back in like at least one of the sequels. Um, but he's he's really funny and he like you know he just he just works. He's also in Van Helsing. He's in the Van Helsing movie yeah. as well. He's, he's like, like he's Igor like or something. He's Igor. Yeah, he's you Igor. can still tell it's him. You can still tell it's him because yeah. I feel like he uses the same accent, yeah. except in Deep Rising, he uses probably the same accent in every movie that he does with Stephen Summers. And yeah. it's great. He always delivers. He yeah, always he delivers. always 
he does always deliver for Stephen Summers, and it's okay. it's really it's really fun. They have a good rapport. Um, so let me play. I'm going to play a clip from like the beginning of the film, just to like give a sense of like what the movie is like from the jump. Yeah, I thought that was like a really funny way to start the movie. It's like it's obviously pretty comedic mm-hmm. and he's there's already like you can feel the way that the rapport is between these people on the ship. Um it's very kind of, you know, they're busting each other's balls and he's mm-hmm. he's yeah, like it really sets the stage for like what his relationship is kind of not just with Layla but with everybody. He he takes his job seriously to an extent, but at the end of the day, he's like, he's just there to get paid. You know, it's kind of like that Han Solo kind of thing. I'm just here to exactly. get paid. If we have fun, that's great. But where's my money? <laughs> exactly. He's 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 a he's a sort of Han Solo type, just like yeah. you said, like an offshoot. Yeah, because there's no real heroes in this movie. Everyone is kind of their. I mean, their background is what smuggling or mercenary or you know, thieves. whatever thieves, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, or, but he has the rich- moral compass. Mm-hmm. Or rich people that are scummy, as we'll find out. I love rich scummy characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, and and on that um, on that note, uh, there's some conversation at some point with um, with Finnegan, and uh, I think Hanover is the guy who's the head of the mercenaries, and he he says their slogan is "If the cash is there, we don't care." Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. That's their whole thing. They they have no moral compass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's just like we're gonna do it. Their their moral compass is like let's get paid and not die. Exactly. As long, yeah, as long as that's happening, we're good. Yeah, um, Hanover's actually played by Wes Studi, who is also one of my favorite yeah. character actors. I love Wes Studi. Yeah, he's amazing. He's uh he's in what was that film? The um, the Last of the Mohicans. He's really yep. good in that. He's yeah, yeah he's small roles in a bunch of films and he's he's there's the 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 mercenaries are so cool in this oh, movie yeah. like the cast they cast um so there's cliff curtis who is like uh a new zealand guy really really one of the one of my favorite new zealand actors um clifton powell who's like just looks like your black uncle like that's just how he looks <laughs> um damon hansu is in it who's yep um, in the nineties, he was kind of getting bigger. I, I think so. Amistad was like 97. So he was, he had, he had done that before doing this film. And then he, he'd done a lot of really good films in the nineties. And then he kind of like blew up and now he's, he just basically just does franchises. Um, yeah, Gladiator really like, I feel like put him on the map for sure. And he's amazing. Yeah. In Gladiator. Like he's, he's amazing. In Gladiator. He really yeah. feels yeah. every scene he's in. Yeah, yeah. He he had a great decade for sure. <laughs> oh god, yeah. And I feel like he can probably just do whatever he wants because recognition alone is I feel like just perfect for him too. Yeah. I mean, if you think of like actors from Africa that are in big films. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to be one of the biggest names, yep. right? 
I actually recently just saw Blood Diamond. Is that with Leonardo DiCaprio and him? He was phenomenal in that. Yeah, I really like that film. Um, that film was like that film was good, and he was really good in it. Um, so yeah, so the and and Jason Fleming is another guy you would know his face. Yes, you see him, you're like, oh, I know that guy. And he's another Stephen Summers regular too. I feel like I think he's in the Mummy too. Is he okay? Cool. I think he plays a henchman. Um, Oh, so he ends up dead, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the the crew of the mercenaries and our crew of like good guys. Um, so later on the film, we cut to this um, cruise ship, the Argonautica, and um, it's it's full of like a bunch of like rich gamblers and. You know, it's it seems like it's really, really um, like a like a like a place for only like the elite of the elite are gonna oh, yeah. go. The Illuminati are there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like the Titanic, basically. Exactly. It's it's like the Titanic. So the owner is this guy Simon Canton, and I forget the actor who plays him, um, but he's another he's another like punchable face. Like you see him, you're like, I really need to punch this guy in the face because he just looks like. A douche. Um, yeah, he, gets eaten, he most likely gets eaten in the end of Silence of the Lambs. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. He's um, Doctor. Oh, I can't remember his name, but he's in yeah. Silence of the Lambs. So I was like, oh, he's yeah. maybe he's back to back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, you know, he, he probably gets a lot of villain or scummy guy roles because um, you know he kind of fits the look. Uh, so then we meet Trillian, who's played by. Famke Jansen and so she like pickpockets the captain and takes his access card and then she's she tries to um get into this this like storage locker that has all these safety deposits probably like the vaults where you keep like yeah prize possessions and stuff like that yeah yeah um and they like they like stop her and they're they're like oh you know um they talk about like basically she has like a rap sheet. Um, she, they said that she would like did forgery and like had had stolen stuff from people and like attempted murder. And she since she has this comment like, "Oh, that was just my ex," which was <laughs> kind of funny. I like how she kind of is like, "Yeah, well, I'll be going now." And they're like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then they like throw her in the brig or whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was that was pretty funny. Um, so. On Finnegan's ship, they're headed towards the uh, towards the cruise ship. They don't know, like Finnegan and his crew, they don't really know where they're going or what they're doing. They just told them go here, right? And so then Joey uh, starts like sneaking around what the mercenaries are doing, and he finds that they they're they're hiding a torpedo on well torpedoes, I should say plural. Why not just have like multiple like torpedo yeah. arsenal on your little shitty boat? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> on their little <laughs> on their little piece of piece of crap boat. Exactly. Um, and yeah, and, and so and so then the mercenaries like grab him and they beat him up, and then Finnegan like reluctantly is like, um, he has some really funny line. Like Layla tells him like, "Are you gonna do something?" And he's like, mm. "Should I though?" <laughs> Yeah. yeah, something along those lines. Like, and then again, that's his moral compass, you know, 
he -hmm. does the right thing. He stands up for his buddy and stuff like that, even at own personal risk. So no, that was good. I'm glad I actually did think he was just gonna let Joey just keep getting the shit kicked out of him. But he let it go on a little too long, in my opinion. He he did let it go on for a while. He really let him get take a beating, teach him a lesson, right? Probably don't sneak around. I mean, these guys yeah, are seriously spe- armed and dangerous. Uh huh. Especially with these guys that are like pretty sketchy. Yeah. Um, like one thing that we get established when we see all these mercenaries is that yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty hardcore, pretty sketchy. They like to like fight and you know, typical yeah, mercenary types. Yeah, plus they're they're all boasting and stuff like that and like mm-hmm. manly strength stuff. I don't know nothing about these things, but you know, <laughs> I'm I know what I know from movies. <laughs> yeah. The typical like like um they act like teenagers, but they're like all you know, probably only like twenties or thirties. But they have torpedoes. <laughs> yeah. torpedoes. They have torpedoes and guns that are from China or something, you know. Yeah, that was actually kind of cool. I wonder if that was based on like a real gun or something like that. I like knowing. Maybe. It, it looks very kind of like a nerf gun. I feel like I've had nerf guns like that. Oh yeah, nerf guns. It's like the fun. barrel mm-hmm. that turns like that. Yeah. And then you lose all the, the nerf darts. <laughs> you lose the darts are gone within two hours. Exactly. They're go- yeah, they're gone. They're just gone. And like before the internet, how are you going to get more? Well, exactly. You have to beg your mom to take you to Walmart or Target yeah. or Kmart. Yeah, you were just like stuck. You, or, and then you would like keep looking, and then you'd find one of them. <laughs> and then you reuse. You have to save that one yeah. dart for something really good, but you don't. Yeah. You don't know what that good thing is going to be. It's like the golden gun. You got one shot, but. It's the best shot you're ever going to get. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So on the ship, um, we see someone like disable the, they go into the system's operations and they'd like disable the cruise ship mm-hmm. and things get disabled and they're in the control room and they're like panicking. But then something else happens. Like the ship gets like hit from underneath, like something happens to the ship and we see people panicking and they're running around the the um the ship and like we see a woman go into a, a bathroom yeah, she gets and then stuck through the toilet yeah she's oh. like... <laughs> i feel like the amount of blood that was used in the movie was actually appropriate because people are getting squeezed through very yeah. tight spaces and it's really awful because <laughs> there's literally just blood splatter like all the yeah. time they have fun with it. They do. And they do have fun with it. We definitely see some scenes where there's there's like a lot of like you said blood or other human parts just like laying around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Okay. Yeah. So uh, then the mercenaries they they like start welding a torpedo launcher onto the front of Finnegan's boat. And he's like, what the fuck is going exactly. on? Exactly. He's like, what up, bro? <laughs> Why is this happening? Yeah. Like, this was not part of the plan. Um, and so then his boat. So, like, we we saw this shot of, of the cruise ship and then something, like, a boat falls off of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like a, a, it's like, a oh God, uh, speedboat. Yeah, exactly. Oh. It's a speedboat. It's a speedboat. And, they, and Finnegan hits the speedboat. And it, it messes up their ship. Um, 
And it just like goes to show they're in a really low visibility range. So they don't know like where they are really or what's out there kind of flying blind uh-huh. and that messes up their ship. And um, that kind of puts them a little bit out of commission. Like the, the ship isn't totally destroyed, but <clears throat> there's a pretty big hole in it that Layla has to, has to fix later on. Uh-huh. So then they get inside of the cruise ship and the mercenaries just take over. They Shanghai them. They, uh, um, you know, basically they force Finnegan and Joey to go with them on their mission to, yeah, because they yeah. need to get to like the um, engine room or something like that to get parts from the cruise ship to try and patch their broken ship, basically. Yep. So they kind of all get strong armed into going on board, but nobody really seems to want to go except the mercenaries who want to get paid, basically. Yeah, the mercenaries want to get paid. Everyone else is kind of like, eh. Um, so they get on the ship, and what what happens when the mercenaries and our and our heroes get on the ship? They immediately start shooting things. Like, I forget what precipitates it. I think maybe it's just, like, a shadow moving. But, like, they start shooting their, like, high-end stolen Chinese rifles. And one of my favorite parts about this is that, like, Finnegan's like, hey, can you guys stop? And they do stop for a second. And then they just start shooting again. He's like, yeah, okay, fine. Like, him and George are just like, can we just get moving, please, kind of a thing. And it kind of mocks those, like... Like, because the 90s, well, 80s and 90s was just, like, full of ridiculous action movies. Some good, some bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's definitely something that I feel like I've seen before, but taken way mm-hmm. too seriously in other, like, action movies. And it was fun to just kind of see it be made fun of a little bit. Yeah, totally. It's it's kind of similar to, um, like, that scene in Predator. Yeah. Like, <laughs> where he sees like the predator that's invisible run into the jungle and he like unloads a machine gun and then a minigun. A minigun. Yes. <laughs> it just like levels it. Doesn't he just like level like yeah. part of a forest or something? Yeah. <laughs> and then the minigun alone. <laughs> yeah. And then like five other people jump in and they just start blasting the, the, um, the, the, the tree line hitting, they, I think they hit the predator once, right? They like poke them. Like I think it gets grazed. I don't even think it lands like an actual shot because yeah. it doesn't. I think that's when the predator actually has to like heal himself, and you kind of see it. Yeah, you see him. Uh, there's some blood. There's like some. His blood is like pink. it's like pink slime or something. Yeah, like goo like a like a neon goo. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of making fun of that. Um, where these, you know, silly people are just, like, unloading clips for no reason. Like, um, how do you have that much ammunition on you? Like, that's heavy. That's, that stuff is yeah. heavy after a while. Yeah, that, that's another, that's another like, movie cheat code. Like, you get infinite ammo, you know? If you... <laughs> Until you're not allowed it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then when it's convenient for the plot, you have no, you have no bullets. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, on the ship, there's, uh, like, everyone's gone. Right. Yep. No one is there. And they're like, what? So they, they arrive like in the casino and that's where they start shooting everything up and no one's there, but there's blood everywhere. So they, they're like really confused. Um, it, yeah. Because we saw the scene earlier and it was like, there were hell of people and now there's absolutely no one. So yeah. it's kind of like, what just happened? Um, and we don't actually see what happens to them yet. Not yet. We have no idea what killed them or what happened to them or if they got, you know, sucked into the ocean or sucked up into the, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> into the air. 
could be anything. So um, meanwhile, so Layla is like trying to fix the ship. There's a giant hole in the ship and they're taking on water. And so she's working on that. And there's some other mercenary guy who's also on the ship with her. And um, while she's like working, like something, something starts like coming at her from the ocean. And at some point she like gets pulled into the water. And um, that's like pretty bad for, you know, we're like, oh shit, like if she can die, right? Exactly. I I was actually wondering throughout the whole movie, I was kind of waiting for her to pop back up again. Um, Spoiler, she does not. Um, But I was kind of like hoping, I'm like, oh, maybe she like got away or something, but like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it's kind of important that this happens because, you know, it's like if she, because we like led to believe that she's like, you know, an important character. And untouchable, possibly. mm -hmm. Because, like, oh, yeah, because, you know, this movie is kind of like the Suicide Squad, right? We expect, okay, a bunch of these people are going to die. But there's a couple of them that, you know, and especially the people that are going to die, you would expect are the mercenaries, right? Yeah. You think, okay, these mercenaries, they're all going to die, probably. Yeah. And then these scummy people that we don't like on the ship that caused this, they're going to die, too, because, you know, they deserve it. (laughs) <laughs> or something yeah, like that. Yeah, kind of just an innocent character too. Totally. I mean, yeah, she's on Finnegan's crew, but like she's you, she's kind of just there to repair the ship because that's what she's kind of good at. We're, we're led to believe she's good at, but yeah, she's kind of like the most innocent character to kind yeah. of get taken away. So it is kind yeah. of sad. Yeah, it is pretty sad, and it's it's it kind of you know establishes hey you know maybe anyone could die in this scenario. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so then back on the ship, like there's this funny line that Joey had. Joey's Joey's like walking around next to one of these mercenaries, like, like, and he just says, like, whoa man, what stinks? And the guy just like slaps him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Did I say it was you? <laughs> no, he has a lot of little funny lines like that. One of my favorite is when he's he looks at um Trillian's character and he's like, Can you just develop asthma? Like yeah. as an adult. It's just yeah. kind of looking like like what is that the most pertinent question right now but he's like genuinely wondering he's got a good, lot of good one-liners and again kevin j o'connor is just so good at delivering those lines yeah there yeah there's a lot of good like bits and like one-liners in this um and i, I yeah i think i think the 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 there you know it's pretty memorable like some of there's a couple lines i'll show a clip of that are like really on point um <clears throat> so yeah at this point joey and um Finnegan are like down in the lower part of the ship that's been flooded and they're looking for the parts and they're like down there searching. And so then this one mercenary guy, he goes off by himself. Of course. And we all know what that means. (laughs) And the, the, the thing gets him, kills him. He's dead. So he's gone. Um, and panic ensues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, panic ensues. Um, so so then, like the other team, they are searching around the ship just to see where everyone's at. And so they they find Trillian. They find where she's at. She's in that little. It's like the Make place where the brig. Yeah, exactly. It's a makeshift brig, but it's really they store like food and stuff. 
And so then they enter the like that that safety deposit area again. And um, so do you remember what happens when they open the door? I was not I did not say that coming with all of the things that happen in this movie. That was definite. That might have been one of the worst ways somebody went in the movie. Yeah. And and not to the actor either. I was not expecting that actor in particular. Yeah. And, you know, like, boom. And obviously it's an accident. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, everyone is shocked by it. Yeah. Um, so, Damon Hansu's character gets an axe in the head from other like, money, people, money, 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 money. right? So he gets an axe in the head from other people, from yep. a person. So he doesn't even get killed by. Yes, exactly. He doesn't even get killed by the monster. Yeah. So, and it's it's yeah, it's pretty shocking. It's like whoa, like he died like that, and it's kind of it's it's shocking and kind of funny. Yep. Um. But also, like, it's like, oh, shit, that sucks. <laughs> he was but, so excited. <laughs> yeah. But it just shows you this this movie is playing for keeps. Anything can oh, happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can get killed by just, like, some douche in a tux who's hiding in a vault or a giant sea beast. Like, it really doesn't yeah. matter. It really doesn't. There's, it does. Like, no one is safe. It does not matter. Yeah. <laughs> no one's safe. Um, and then they, the mercers open fire on him. Straight oh, yeah. up. They kill like three innocent people or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So they, they don't just... kill anyone that moves the plot along, but they do kill three innocent people. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So the captain and um the scummy guy, the scummy rich guy, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> they need to be. We need them. Yeah, we need particular. them. Um, and so then they're like, what the hell's going on? And they're like, oh my god, it's like uh there's a thing you don't understand, and then blah blah blah, you know. So now we're 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 starting to get an idea. Okay, there's some monster on the ship, right? Yep. And they were just hiding, and a whole bunch of people are dead, and they just hid. So then we go back to Finnegan and Joey, and so then um, Cliff Curtis, then he gets killed too. Like the thing just comes out and freaking grabs him and kills yeah, him. Yeah, that was that was a rough way to go because that engine room, he just bashes into everything. If that if the beast doesn't actually physically kill him. Just being just blunt force trauma definitely killed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was was definitely think of like, what's the worst? There's one character who probably does get it. There's two people that like get it really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and then one guy, we, we see him like, like, so we'll get to that. But yeah, there's one guy, he gets it really bad and we see how bad he gets it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So then, um, uh, Finnegan, Joey, and Trillian, they all meet in the elevator. And then the other mercenaries, they get on the elevator, too. And so then there's this really funny scene. I'll play a clip from that, too. There's a really funny thing that happens on the elevator between all of them. And let me just play this clip, and then we'll see it. That's a great. Yep, the shitty elevator music comes back. Nothing else is working properly. And that's like perfect too, because I I I would bet you like a very large percentage of human beings on planet Earth have heard that song. Mm -hmm. 
but they have no idea what the name of the song is. Yeah, why does Joey know the name of that song? Especially when there's no lyrics to back it up or anything like that. It's just a crappy studio cover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, um, yeah, so that was really funny. Like, mm-hmm. another good Joey bit. Um, so, yeah, they're stuck in this elevator, and then the elevator goes up and down, and then it goes down to the uh, bottom, and they see a bunch of just carcasses of people, right? I really liked how the carcasses looked, honestly. They looked like, because I think Canton later expounds on yeah. what happens when one of these beasts, like, gets you, and it's they drink you or whatever, and that's kind of what it would look like, I guess. And it's they like slimy and ugh. it was I liked how the carcasses looked. Yeah, it was really gross. So like you can kind of see the blood or something. Um but it's really just Whatever like it mm-hmm. it's just like a bunch of skeleton plus some goo. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And, mm-hmm. and so they're like him and uh West Studi are like investigating what's going on and then the creature starts like there's one of those big door metal doors and it's like banging on the door and then like the actual like it's all metal and it just starts moving and they just start blasting yep firing at everything um and then they finally they get back into the elevator and um yeah they they somehow get out of there (laughs) yeah it's like a long hallway or something i really liked how that was like the monster kind of like because something that does kind of confuse me about the movie is it more than one monster? I mean, the tentacles are so big. Is it multiple? Are there smaller ones? You know, whatever. Um, but I really liked how it was just crushing that one corridor with its, I'm assuming it's tentacles and stuff like that. And that was pretty cool. I liked how that looked. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like, because, it, yeah, it, it seems like it stretches throughout the whole ship, right? This yeah, thing. Exactly. And it's it's got like, you know, it's somehow it's able to see everything where it's going. Um, and yeah, that, that's, there's definitely kind of, there's a little bit of movie logic there where it just, it's always trying to kill them exactly. <laughs> in the most efficient way possible. Um, but yeah, that's, that was another, we're getting close to actually seeing the monster, but we, we still don't really totally know what it is. We, we kind of know what it does, but we don't know what it is. Exactly. So then, yeah, Finnegan, like figures out that that Simon he that he was the one who was planning to have this thing happen that he was the one who turned off the ship's operating system and that he was going to have the mercenaries torpedo the ship and then he's like oh yeah I was doing it for insurance money because the banks were going to take my business blah 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 mm-hmm. um so yeah he's a scummy guy oh yeah and you know um deserves to get what he gets in the, in the end <laughs> um so then we actually this is the moment where we first get to see the the monster right it like comes up behind joey and then there's like you see these tentacles some very 90 cgi <laughs> very much so yes um i mean it's not not the greatest but yeah. you know like we have to give it given the times and the thing is steven summer's movies are known for having just tons of cgi um i think he just is like george lucas and really really likes it and that's just we can't go back and change it it is what it is (laughs) yeah it is what it is um it kind of reminds me of uh the scorpion king in 
uh, in, in the Mummy Returns, like The Rock. It looks so bad. It, it looks yeah. so bad. I mean, and I like the sequel to The Mummy. Like, I think The Mummy Returns isn't a bad sequel. Um, yeah, I totally agree. But that Scorpion King just looked really, it looked like it was from like a, just like a CD-ROM. Like, you know how you used to get like the demos of mm-hmm. like a game? You could just like play like the first two levels or something. That's what it kind of reminds me of every yeah. time I watch it. But it doesn't it's, make me love the movie any less. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you got the uh, the demo of Tomb Raider. <laughs> yes. From like 95. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which yeah. is crazy because now like you see what they did with like Thanos or whatever. Like, oh my, yes, exactly. And it's like, oh, if we could only do what we did now, then yeah. like so many movies probably would have been yeah. saved. Yeah, like, it, and it's the, it's, it's just a far advanced version of the same thing, the same principle. Yeah, exactly. Um, what yeah. I find so interesting, though, sorry, I don't mean to like ramble, but oh, it's cool. is that um, Jurassic Park, which came out in, I believe, 1993 or 94, mm-hmm. still looks so much better than all yeah. of, a lot of the movies that came after it like and yeah. as well um terminator 2 like the visual mm-hmm. effects that still hold up and look fantastic yeah. to this day and i just always wonder like what the, who who did what differently you know what i mean i always wonder mm-hmm. those things oh okay sorry dog needs to get up okay <laughs> i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that so like jurassic park they use a lot of practicals too that's true. So they used a mix. So if you think about like the scene where the kids are in the kitchen, yes, uh, like half of that is the practical dude in a suit as a raptor. And that's true. And really, you only see like the raptors like claw. I mean, it jumps on the counter at one point, mm-hmm. and there is yep. some physical movement. But yep. again, Steven Spielberg is that learned suspense director, so he can he doesn't mm-hmm. have to show you anything in order to scare you, which is always mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, totally. And they even like, you know, if you think about in that movie, like, you know, when the T-Rex, the T-Rex breaks out of the cage or whatever, and then it attacks the kids, like, that thing was a real animatronic. Oh, yeah, that was part. actually just a whole thing. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they were just really smart about shooting it in a way where you you don't in those shots, you don't see like the full dinosaur. You just see like the head or the eye or something. Um, But like, yeah, for the full body shot, there is a CGI dinosaur. Now I just want to watch Jurassic Park. We need to get back on track. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is my fault. (laughs) No, it's all good. It was was a good segue because yeah, like this, this, this thing is, yeah, it's very creepy though. Cause it's like, I like these spikes on it Uh and like these, it's like a hellion. Have you ever seen a hellion? I don't think that so. That kind no. of creature? Yeah, so a hellion is like a... It's a similar thing to this creature. And it has these spiked mouths. Um, it, it, it's it, Like a hellion is basically like the, the Solrak pit creature. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, that's why, why, the way I would put it. Um, yeah, and then, so then in this scene, we see the thing spit out one of the mercenaries from the ship. Honestly, I think that might have been the best CGI in the movie. It's yeah. Because Steven Summers likes, just like with the mummy, you always see, like, you see how the mummy starts becoming more human or he starts looking mm-hmm. more like a man, but he still has, like, pieces missing, mm-hmm. like, part of the skull. Like, Steven Summers loves showing, like, that mm-hmm. gritty, 
really gross side of yeah. the anatomy, basically. And that was just, oh my god, because he's like, what is he? Um, he's like almost digested or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like he's he's like Harvey Dent. Like half his face is gone. Yeah, that was really grotesque. I mean, it was good, <laughs> but it was like. I feel like they spent a lot of money on making sure that shot looked good. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. And it's it's like, dude, that's what's going to happen to you. You're going to get eaten alive and then freaking, like, melted. Yeah. Just hope you're crushed to death but, or yes. born for trauma and you don't feel anything on the way down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So then I'm going to play another clip. So then another really funny scene happens between uh, – Trillion and Finnegan. So I'll play this clip. What are these things? Real unfriendly. So, um, you got a boat waiting outside, is that right? Yeah. Okay, let's make a deal here. You get me to your boat, and, uh... And I can have whatever I want. Yeah, whatever you want. Can you get me a cold beer? Funny. That was great. <laughs> that's that's probably my favorite line of the whole movie. <laughs> he's got priorities, you know what I mean? He's got priorities. Oh, he's gonna need a drink after this. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely gonna need a cold drink after this one. Mm-hmm. Um so and that's just like again, yeah, it's like the Han Solo archetypal kind of very quippy, very you know, you can't really know what to expect from him. Exactly. But always says, like, the right thing that's, like, really witty. Yeah, and at least he didn't go, like, the gross route or something like that, which is probably what she was expecting. Yeah. And that's yeah. always nice. Yeah, I mean, that was a really cool performance, because, like, yeah, you could tell she was like, oh, sure. just like all the other guys, they won't have sex with me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and by the way, this is, yeah, this is Famke Jensen, like, basically at her, at her peak, because mm-hmm. she was in, like, she was a Bond girl. Or Bond Girl villain, Femme Fatale. And yeah, she was in a whole bunch of other stuff. And she's just like, peak. (laughs) Actually, like, there's a lot of actors in this who were like, constantly working through the 90s and stuff like that. And then suddenly kind of just blew up. Because I'm, I think X-Men came out in like 2000 or 2001. And that's roughly around the same time Gladiator came out. So you have these two actors who are just suddenly skyrocketed into a whole decade of just franchises or whatever else. Yeah, totally. Um, and it, it's a really interesting kind of point in a lot of these people's careers because they they kind of got even bigger later, but they were like on the ascent. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it just makes for a really interesting film, like because you're just like, oh, I know these people from so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so, yeah. And then Trillian after this scene, Trillian saves Finnegan from like the monster thing and she like pulls a gun on it and shoots it. Um, so then we kind of get a sense of like what this thing is about. Like it's kind of like we see in the scene, like Finnegan tries to pick up a gun and it's attracted to the sound. So any kind of sound it like it will go towards and like attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we see it like, I don't know, spit something out or something like that happens. Um, so then later on, they kind of, they escape the creature, but they're kind of stuck and they have to figure out how to get out. And they're at this, this point where 
they have to swim across a kind of so it's sort of like they're in I don't know I guess you would say the kitchen or something and it's flooded yeah and have to swim under this 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 overpass to get to the other side so that they can you know and and they don't even know if they'll be able to make it if they get on the other side they just have to swim and hope yeah and um Finnegan has this really cool speech about because like one of the guys is like okay let's just have a last stand here let's just wait it out and blah 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 and then he's like, "Oh no, we're we're fishing a bottle, and and this thing is a, it's like a squid, and the squid is just gonna pry its way in and eat us. Like we're we're not gonna make it." Um. So they, so Finnegan and, um, like it's like three people, like Finnegan and like the uh, the head of the mercenaries and and Joey, they swim across. Yep. And they're able to make it. Well, it's not Joey. It's actually Finnegan and the, the oh, yeah, head of the Mercedes. Yeah, Joey stays behind, I think. Yeah, Joey stays behind. And then um, basically the, the creature attacks them again. Uh, the other the, the people that I left, which is like Trillian, Joey, and the guy, the Clifton Powell guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so then they're like, okay, we just, we got to go. I don't know if we're going to make it or not, but we got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, so they just all start swimming and then uh clifton powell he's the next one to go so he gets caught this scene um this happened before i believe but this reminded me a lot of alien resurrection i don't know if you remember that i was literally just gonna say that even the green like it's the same color almost green as when they're underwater and everything um which i actually don't mind the third aliens movie everyone else has their opinion on it but i actually like it um the third one oh yeah sorry the third one, we're talking about the fourth one. Yeah. Well, that's a conversation for a later date. But I definitely got yeah. those vibes from it. Um, yeah. But any creep, any underwater scene tends to creep me out, no matter whether the movie's good or bad, because I have a crazy fear of water. Um, so sea beast monsters or even um, aliens from another world crawling after me underwater yeah. freaks me out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's scary stuff. Like you know, drowning is that's a bad way to go. Yeah, but then you have right. a monster coming after you at the same time. Oh, hate the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sucks. Um, so fortunately for Clifton Powell, he um, he pulls a grenade and <laughs> he he grenades himself and whatever there is of the monster so that they that he doesn't get eaten. Mm-hmm. So he sacrifices himself. Um, so, so they're all together in this other part of the ship and yeah, Jason Fleming, he's like, nah, dude, we gotta, we gotta take a stand here. I don't want to die, blah, blah, blah. And the thing comes up right behind him and he's, he's able to kind of hold it off for a little bit. Yeah. He, he made a good stand. He really did. I just thought it was really sad how everyone just abandoned him. Like, obviously <laughs> like it's a big scary monster and everything, but everyone just slowly like leaves him. And I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. Like, I thought you guys were bros or something. But yeah, they're they're bros for like a second, and they're like, nah, dude, you you make your stand, and we're gonna get out of here. <laughs> exactly. And like you said, he he made a stand for a little bit, but then one of those little tentacle things just like yeah, the tentacle got him, and he he's he's done for. Um, so then. Our our friend Simon Canton uh, 
basically tries to portray him. He like leads them to the bow of the ship and the bow is pretty gnarly, right? It's like a lair, I feel like. I feel like it's definitely like, because you always have to have a monster's lair or something. So it's got all the bodies and everything. and Yeah. It's pretty gross. It looks sticky. <laughs> yeah. Tons of bodies, tons of skeletons. Just, it's really gross. So then they're like, dude, we got to get out of here. So they start running. Um, so Joey gets stuck with Hanover. And then Hanover betrays Joey. Yeah, what are we going to feed it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, we got to, like, how can we get away from it? Uh, the only thing that slows it down is if it's eating. Oh, what is it going to eat? Shoot you in the leg. <laughs> well, again, it's that same mercenary, every man for himself. You know, he's already yeah. abandoned one friend to be eaten. He doesn't even like Joey, so it's it's pretty easy for him to do. Um, but, yeah, what are we going to feed him? <laughs> yeah. You. <laughs> you. Um, so, so then like Joey, Joey somehow survives. Like he finds a little compartment. He jumps in, he's able to, to just get out of being eaten. And then he comes to the casino and, um, he finds Hanover again at the casino and Hanover is like getting eaten. Yeah. It's like, he's slowly being eaten. Um, one of my favorite moments of that is when Joey first enters the casino and there's like some kind of sign that said, what was the name of the ship again? The, um, um, Argonautica. Argonautica. Yeah. Argonautica. Um, mm-hmm. but it has some sign. It's like Argonautica have fun. And he just kind of looks at the sign. He's like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 They have these like really goofy, like signage. But That's I, thought, what- I thought that was like a really like just funny moment because he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm not having fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's really on point because it's like, are you having fun now that we've been attacked by a sea monster? Exactly. But he finds Hanover and it's, yeah, it's a slow, slow buffet. Yeah. But Joey, being a good guy that he is, even despite being betrayed, um, they're like, there's like a gun on the ground. And so he picks up the gun, then Joey's going to leave, but then he gives the gun back to Hanover. And he's like, don't say I didn't give you anything. (laughs) But then what does Hanover do? He's spiteful and tries shooting him. What an idiot. He's so spiteful, but that's, yeah. you know, the joke's on him because yeah. he just used his last bullet. He used his last bullet to try and kill Joey. And then he tries to kill himself and he's he's screwed. And that might honestly be the best comeuppance is just the yeah. fact that he wasted his last bullet on Spike Grant and he didn't know it was his last bullet. Um, but Joey's reaction to that still is on point. Like, what the hell, man? I just did you a favor. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Like, Joey's great. But yeah, that's a good. I mean, I love West Duty, but shitty, shitty person, like character wise. Yeah. Shitty so. character. Shitty character. So his comeuppance was, I think, served <laughs> in the end. Yeah, man. You get eaten by whatever this thing is. Yep. <laughs> Um, okay, so then Finnegan and Joey meet on the boat. And then there's like this kind of heartfelt moment where, you know, Finnegan's like, yeah, Layla didn't make it. Um, yeah, so that, that was actually kind of a serious moment in this fun, wonky yeah. sci-fi action horror comedy movie. You have to have a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then Finnegan, he has a plan. And his plan is to like, 
uh, well, we'll find out what his plan is, but he's like, okay, Joey, you stay on the ship and then you do this and that, but I'll be back. <clears throat> um, and so meanwhile, um, I think somewhere around here, like, uh, I forget if it was, this was before or after, but like Finnegan meets up with Trillian and then they're like, okay, we got to get off the ship and like, get, you know, you go and you get a, a jet ski and then I'll meet you here, blah, blah, blah. So Trillian is trying to get the jet ski and then this piece of trash, <laughs> Simon Canton comes out. He's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. And I can't leave any survivors. <laughs> no witnesses. <laughs> it's like, really dude, you're still worried about your insurance money. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Like when there's a freaking like, okay, you just, I forget what it's called, but there's this thing, act of God. You just say, Oh, there's act of God. I was attacked by a monster. Yep. You'll get your money. Like, you're just worried about trying to kill someone. Like, we're wasting time at this point. We should all just leave. But that's true 90s villain fashion, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, gotta Mm -hmm. put the money first, bro. Gotta put Mm -hmm. the money first. Yeah. Yep. And so um, she, she, he goes after Trillian with the freaking flare gun, and there's some, there's some cool shots uh, of him going after. There's like one where, like, a slow mo where she, like, dives Mm -hmm. and he shoots the flare at her and it misses. so then um, Finnegan and Trillian end up in the casino and the, the mon- they actually see the monster, like the full-on monster. Again, kind of goofy 90s CGI thing. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. I feel like maybe the budget got cut or something like that, or maybe it is just a victim of the time period it was made in. Yeah. Uh, the budget was definitely cut. Um, I, I read that like they wanted Harrison Ford speaking, you know, speaking of Han Solo. Really? Well, yeah, they wanted. And I guess there was a, a moment where he was considering doing it, but then he dropped out. And so then they had to cut the budget. <laughs> but they still made the film. <laughs> they still made the movie. Yeah. And it's not still bad. It's not, it's not it's terrible. Not it's not the worst. It's definitely fun. If anything, yeah, it's, it's fun Steven Summers movie. If you've seen any of his movies before, you kind of have an idea of what you're getting into yeah it's super fun it's super fun but yeah i think i think they were they were like oh if we could get harrison ford we can really do a little bit more with this movie but yeah it is what it is it's still pretty fun pretty solid um so yeah so they 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 confront the monster and uh finnegan like shoots it in the the eye (laughs) all that goo just came flying out yeah, yeah. Um, so they get so the two of them get back to the boat, and um, so Trillian and Finnegan get back to the boat, and Joey's gone. <laughs> and so they're just like, "Ooh, maybe Joey died or something." Um, and so then Finnegan uh, and Trillian they they have so they so his so Finnegan's plan is they're gonna they armed a torpedo. And they're just going to have it go on autopilot and ram into the ship. And, and hopefully then, kill the beast. Yeah, kill the creature, sink the ship, and be done with all of this. So he arms the autopilot, gets the, gets, the, um, gets the torpedo ready. And so then they go back on the ship and they get on the jet ski. And they're like, 
you know, there's this funny line where he's like, he like goes, he's like, there's like a little ramp, right? There's like a little ramp for them to get out of the ship into the water. And he's like, oh, this is a little, let's, let's get ahead of steam. And then they go back and then they try to jump and hey, guess what? The, the, the creature is there, right? When yep. they're trying to escape. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. And so then they're like, oh no. And so they have to like do this, what seemed pretty interesting, like jet skiing indoors, but it's flooded. Yes. I mean, I can't imagine how hard that must have been to film, especially scary for the stunt actors. Because um, that seemed like it probably would have just been a huge pain in the ass. I mean, we don't we see a corridor, but who knows how long it actually is, yeah. and how long they film it for. It could just be like, okay, ride down here for five seconds, and then we'll cut yeah. or whatever, and we'll speed it up in post-production. But still, like, that's a pretty narrow corridor that you're going, what, probably 25, 30 miles per hour on. So yeah. I can't imagine yeah, how I difficult mean- that must have been. <laughs> That was definitely uh, an interesting stunt. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, so they're like, you know, zipping around these these corridors in their jet ski. And then Simon can, he decides, he sees the ship and he jumps on the ship. Right as the autopilot engages. And so he, so Simon is on their ship, but the autopilot's engaged and he can't do it. <laughs> Game over, yeah. It's like um, it's like Independence Day. <laughs> yes. Um, no, because it's funny that he always he want his whole intention was to like at least just either destroy or badly injure the boat with a torpedo, and he does. He does, yeah. But at the he's exactly slimy mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. He so he doesn't get killed by the um, he doesn't get killed by the monster. But there is sort of a poetic justice for him. Yep. The torpedo still blows up the ship. So. You got what you wanted and you got what you deserved. Which is even better. So Finnegan and Trillian, like, they get off, like, just in time. And um, so then they get on shore. And they're on the beach. But their jet ski stopped working so they can't get off the island. And so then, you know, it's like this... Um, <laughs> the scene where they're like making out on the beach or whatever. Pretty much. We almost died. We might as well yeah. celebrate that we're yeah. alive. And then what happens? And then Joey shows up on like, Joey a, like a surfboard or something. Yeah, he's on a surfboard. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he surfs his way back to them and then they're all, you know, all three of them are together and it's kind of cool. Um, but but then like there's there's something on, on there's something on the island heading towards them yeah, from like, the jungle you hear like this roar and they're like oh no what now and it kind of pans out and there's definitely something in the jungle yeah like, it's probably another monster of some kind yeah. because again Stephen Summers and his monsters mm-hmm. yeah he loves them. them so yeah I kind of like that it was like mm-hmm. you the movie ends but there's obviously a continuation that you yeah yeah, and so yeah, that's the movie, and it ends with with uh, Trillin saying, "Now what?" And then yeah, this thing comes at him. Um, so yeah, what did you think of that ending? Did you did you like it? Did you feel like it made you want more? I mean, obviously, like the logical side of my brain is like, well, how are they going to get off the island and stuff like that? But at the end of it, I was kind of like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Why wouldn't they run into another thing? Mm-hmm. Um, who knows what else is out there? Basically, um, 
but yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was cute. <laughs> Honestly, I know this might be a weird word to use, um, but you know, the three main characters who are the least worst people um, survive, which is good. And yeah, I thought it was a nice ending. I thought it was good because again, it's a continuation that you don't see of what other shenanigans are going mm-hmm. to ensue basically. Yeah, I read that this, so this movie was supposed to be like a lead into a Kong reboot. So, really? Yes. Oh, the island. Exactly. So they land on Skull Island. <laughs> so that was supposed to be like King Kong. <laughs> that was supposed to be Kong coming at them. It's supposed to be King Kong coming at him. And, oh. you know, could you imagine like Famke Jansen as like, you know, the kong love interest i guess you could say no i can definitely see that i can definitely see all of these characters transitioning into roles that would be in a king kong movie yeah yeah, yeah totally you have your, your your hero han solo type characters got to fight kong you have your yeah your smart buddy and then you have your beautiful love interest so. yeah yeah so that, that that was the intent didn't happen right did not happen <laughs> did not happen instead we got the mummy which is pretty good um i'm fine with that yeah i'm pretty fine with this getting the mummy and we didn't get another kong until the peter jackson kong yeah that's a long movie <laughs> yeah. that's such a long movie that's, that's the thing though i feel like i forgive some directors sometimes for making long movies i'm like well if they have something to say i'm a viewer i might as well listen even if i don't like it so yeah yeah. Um, so yeah. So that was um, Deep Rising. Um, yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty fun. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was a very fun movie. There's a lot of movies that are just like very whatever. Like they're just not good at all. There's nothing memorable. This film was memorable for sure. Yeah, it definitely had some memorable moments. Like I, I probably never would have watched it if we had hadn't done this. If I'm being honest, mm-hmm. but I'm glad I did because again, it was fun. And I, again, I have that love hate director, love hate relationship with steven summers where like half of his movies i like and the other half i'm just kind of like yeah this one kind of falls in the middle because i thought there was definitely some good moments in it i'm not going to completely write it off at all cool so what would you give a rating for this one probably a 6.5 mm-hmm. 6.5 and a lot of that has to do with visual effects too yeah so. same here i'd give it a 6.5 i felt like it was really fun there's a lot of good one-liners. There's a lot of like elements that are really funny and cool, but yeah, the the effects have not aged well. But the the cast has aged well. <laughs> Let's yes, put it that way. Definitely aged well. That's for sure. <laughs> like comparing this to like the actual Suicide Squad movie, like man, like mm-hmm. this this is way more fun. Um, and it's the yeah. same premise. Oh yeah. It's- I mean, the mercenaries themselves at least had to have known going into this. Mm, there's a chance that some of us yeah. aren't coming back, but that's why they're mercenaries. They don't care. It's all about that paycheck and what's in the bank. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, cool. So, yeah, that was our review of Deep Rising. So, now, so we both have a top five list of our favorite, like, B movies. Yes, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, I guess we should start off by talking about like what what is a B movie and like what in your mind classifies a movie as a B movie. I feel like the the 
definition has kind of changed over time. Because I feel like before, B-movies were movies you couldn't always get access to. They were usually copied on a VHS or something that were passed around between friends or something like that. But now I feel like with Netflix, you know, young directors or first-time directors can get exposure that way. So I feel like the definition's changed a little bit. Um, but a B-movie to me is just something that, I don't know, just flies under the radar, I guess. Mm -hmm. They can be good. They can be really bad. Um, I guess it's, I guess it's just whatever speaks to you. I guess maybe there's always a different definition for everyone of what quantifies being a movie. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I think, so I think the term really started in like the fifties and I don't know if you'd call plan nine from outer space a B movie. I feel like it's even worse than that, but it's stuff like that. It's because Back in the day, the studios made everything. Yes. And there were like yes. four or five. Yeah. And they made everything and they they controlled everything too. Right. So if you made a film in like 1948 and you weren't a part of the studio system, I mean, it would be really hard for you to get it national distribution just because, you know, Paramount owned theaters, Fox owned theaters. Warner Brothers own theater. They all own their theaters and they only played their movies. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't maybe necessarily realize that today because like, we can go and see, I don't know, like a Hobbit movie at any theater, at any Regal yep. or whatever theater you mm -hmm. want. Uh, but back then, studios were and still are to an extent very, very powerful. They can yeah. make and break a career just like that. But yeah. for a lot of actors, they had so much to offer as well so you kind of got really trapped which was also unfortunate yeah yeah i mean yeah the old studio system they they controlled the actors they controlled the writers they controlled the directors they had them on salary they said okay you know you're going to be in this movie and you're going to be with this actor or this actress and that's it oh and like, by the way you could pretend to be in love in real life that would help really help our image as well like i believe it was tyrone power and i think loretta young maybe someone like that he was in love with one actress and the studio was like you can't you can't marry her she mm. belongs to paramount or Fox yeah. or Warner brothers or something like you can't like it, it, it would be terrible it would be like an intra um studio marriage and it's not <laughs> it was very shakespearean when you really think about it too it was i mean they're still bad they're still bad today <laughs> studios are not yeah holier than that um, yeah but so yeah at the time, like a B movie would have been a movie not produced by these big studios, even like RKO, which was like a mid-major at the time, a, a movie produced by a studio outside of that system that sort of got some play. Um, I, and I think it's evolved over time because, you know, distribution's gotten easier. So like in the maybe 70s or 80s, it would be like something that was on tape or it would only play in like kind of CD theaters. Um, to me, nowadays, I'd say B-movie is like a way of life, you know? It's a way of creating a film. It's like, it's creating a film where you get all the most efficient stuff, you know? People who like scares and violence and action and sex appeal, those things that are just like universal. Like, if you have two attractive leads, scary stuff, and cool action, that just sells, right? Mm -hmm. And, and it's about having fun. It's like creating films that are fun or like weird titles, you know, weird stuff. Yeah. So, and sometimes they can be a huge success, like, mm -hmm. and everyone's surprised by it. 
Yeah. Just like think of a movie like Species. That's like a perfect, you know, B-movie example. Just fits that formula. Weird premise. It's either sci-fi, action, or horror. And, you know, attractive leads. Boom. (laughs) There you go. Okay. So, um, all right. So let's start with our list. So what's your number five? Um, So my number five is The Last Exorcism. Um, I think Eli Roth was a producer or something like that. And I didn't, I don't like exorcism exorcism Mm. movies. And I don't particularly care for found footage movies. And this movie is both of those things. And I loved it. Um, I felt a deep connection to the main character. I was, I did it during like my September fest thing where I make Mm, myself watch like movies that I don't, don't normally watch. And I was blown away by it. Again, it's a movie that because it's found footage, there's virtually no musical score. Um, So you rely heavily on sound editing, which I love. And it is truly disturbing and very creepy. And the end is just, it blowed it blew my mind i was just Mm. like they're really going there and they committed to what they were doing which i really appreciated and i asked a few of my friends who uh, and my sister who likes horror movies she's like no i've I've never heard of it i've never seen i'm like please watch it it's streaming Mm. now and i don't know how much longer it's going to be yeah um but that was that kind of surprised me a lot very cool are there any name actors in it or is it just like all no-name people um it's Mostly no-name people. The only one I really recognized was the main character, who's Patrick Fabian, and he's a television actor and, um, again, some more probably what we'd call um, Mm B-movie actor as well. But he's been in a bunch of different things that I I recognize. He was even in Desperate Housewives at one point. Mm. Um, But no, he's he's a pretty good character actor that I really like. Very cool. Yeah, so that's definitely, I haven't seen that one. I'll have to check it out. It's very good. Cool. All right. So my number five is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> so, and again, like these really wacky titles, weird stuff. Um, this is like, so I live in the Bay Area. And so this this film takes place in Santa Cruz. Okay. And so a lot of it has to do with the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, which is like a really cool attraction. And it's it's it is a weird movie i saw it as a kid and it didn't really scare me a lot i mean there was a couple scenes that were a little creepy and scary but it was just it was funny it was fun it's really goofy the premise is goofy the title from itself you're like okay i got it yeah like i have to know what the hell is going on with this movie and this is like a classic b movie in that you know it's it it didn't get a lot of play when it first came out it was made pretty independently and I'm sure, I'm sure like whenever the producers pitched like, oh, hey, so the movie's called Killer Clowns from Outer Space to like distributors. They were like, uh, okay, what? goodbye. What is that? <laughs> Why are there clowns in outer space? Like the yeah, title yeah. itself raises so many questions. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If they're aliens. They're clowns. Alien clowns. And not like it kind of clown. Okay. <laughs> you know and so yeah it raises all these questions but it it just it 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 knows what it is and it plays it as a goofy fun silly b-movie um and yeah i just remember it as a kid and it's just like it's just like a fun wacky movie um just to watch turn your brain off and (laughs) enjoy for like 90 minutes (laughs) nice 
we need movies <laughs> like that though in our lives. We can't always yeah. be consuming drama or something like that. Yeah. It's fine if that's what your bag is, but mm-hmm. I need some goofiness in my life sometimes. Totally, totally. I mean, you can only deal with so much drama. Mm-hmm. I can only have so much drama. I need okay, some. Cool. So what's your what's your number four? Um, my number four is The Hallow, which I also watched during a September fest. It's it's got a few people from Game of Thrones whose names I cannot remember, but you'll recognize plenty of Game of Thrones actors. And of course, it's about this guy who moves into this really picturesque cabin in the woods in Ireland, and a fairy comes along, and he's convinced that it, his baby is a changeling, and that the changeling is going to kill him and his wife. So. There's a lot of really good suspense where he is going to kill this baby, but he's very torn by it. And of course, you're like, please don't kill a baby on screen. That's something I can't deal with in movies. I can't watch it. Um, But it's very suspenseful. It's very good. And you're not sure if he's actually going crazy Mm -hmm. or whatever else. And there's some really good body horror in it as well. Um, Because like the changelings like shoot these spores out of their fingertips. So it gets in you and you like start sprouting things um which, ugh, freaks me out but that's that's another really good one and it was on netflix for a while i don't, I don't know if it is anymore i think i watched it like three mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. um but that's another really good one that i really liked yeah i think I, I i saw that one maybe within the last half a year as well um yeah it's it's like you said there's this stuff with the changeling and the kids and like there, there's like his wife too right yeah, I think at some point, I think his wife, he thinks his wife got switched or something like that. Um, but it, it definitely stuck out to me, mostly because of like, yeah. it's the whole who can I trust kind of a thing when, yeah. or can I even trust my own mind kind of a thing as well. Yeah, doppelganger's done, done right is very scary. Yes. <clears throat> it's very scary. Cool. All right, so my number four is Legion. Um so Legion is this really interesting film. Um, it's got some good actors in it. It's got like a bunch of people that were in um, like Fast and Furious movies. Uh, like Tyrese is in it. Uh, the other kid who's in Tokyo Drift, he's in it. Um, and the premise is um, a angel has come down from heaven to help these people prevent the end of the world. but I guess God, oh, yeah, okay. God, <laughs> I think God wants to end the world. When so the, yeah. <laughs> so the angel's gone rogue and it, it's, it, it's pretty ridiculously crazy. So like, I forget who the, the lead is. It's a guy who played vision in, um, in, in the oh, MCU. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. His yeah. name will come to me probably after we can. Yeah. Something baby, but... something like that. Forget his name. Uh, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. Yeah, Paul Bettany. So Paul Bettany's the lead. He doesn't get a lot of lead roles, I don't feel like. But in this, he's really cool. So he comes down to Earth. He's in, like, L.A. He's, like, downtown L.A. There's a bunch of cops, and then he, like, he, like, gets a... He just, he just raids an armory, and then he drives to this... Um, they're in, like, a diner in the middle of nowhere, and people start mutating into these creatures and they the creatures are coming after them and so they yeah so they have to do a stand 
they have to survive like X number of hours or something like that. And this woman is pregnant and she's, I, I don't know, giving birth to some messianic figure or something like that. Um, and there, there's some really cool, like practical effects. There's this, this one where a woman transforms into a demon and then starts crawling on the, on the ceiling. Um, there's another one where, uh, the really great actor, uh, I think his name's Doug Jones, like the guy who, who does like, he's in like every, um, Oh yeah, Doug Jones. He plays yeah. every scary monster pretty much. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. in every Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah. He's in Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he plays a, uh, a, a guy. Um, so he's, he shows up in a <laughs> ice cream truck. And then he just like mutates and his arms get really long and he like crawls after him and they, they like got to blast him. It's just, it's really an entertaining movie. It's, and there's a lot of stuff where, you know, you get invested in the characters. You really do. They actually do a good job of like making you care about them and not want them to, to die. Um, even though, you know, it's, it's one of those movies where not everyone makes it. Most of them don't make it. Um, and the, and the CGI is pretty good. There's a couple scenes like there's, there's a scene where, so I forget who the angel who Paul Bettany plays is. I don't know. I don't know if it's Raphael or whatever, but like Gabriel shows up and like they have this massive fight. It's like crazy. <laughs> so yeah, Legion. And it's, it is a B movie, like the premise, everything about it. It's like guns, violence, weird <clears throat> demons, crazy premise. Just go with it. Um, yeah, so I would anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a it's a fun movie to watch. I definitely recommend it. Nice. I actually really like Paul Bettany. Like I like a lot of the movies that he's in. Or if I don't always like the movie, I definitely always like him because sometimes a movie can be bad, but an actor mm-hmm. can still give pretty good performance. Um, and he seems to always pretty deliver most of the time. Yeah, I like him a lot. Like he's, I mean, he's <laughs> talk about a lucky guy. He's married to um, like one of the most beautiful actresses ever. Yes. Um, so like, yeah, he's set in life and like he, he's, yeah, he puts in great performances like for the last, but I feel like he never has leads. No, he's not always, really. He doesn't really, I know this might sound weird. He doesn't always have the, like, like the stereotypical look of like a leading man, if that makes any sense. Um, but sometimes those character or their supporting character roles can be a little bit more interesting to play. Yeah. Like sometimes, um, yeah. at least I would find them interesting to play because if you're not the leading man, you kind of have to like give kind of a little bit more, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, He's he's got a lot of good supporting. Like he, he's, he's, um, he was, what was that movie? Um, Oh, I forget. Anyway, he's done a lot of great supporting roles and just like acting in general. I think he's been really great and, you know, we'll see him more as vision and (laughs) upcoming TV shows. Yeah. WandaVision. Yep. Um, cool. So yeah. So what's your, uh, number three? My number three is actually a movie I recently watched earlier this year. Um, my older sister and her boyfriend love B movies. And when they find a really good one, they generally let me know. Um, but it is called the company of wolves and it came mm. out in 1984. This is the only movie that has been able to depict what my nightmares feel like to me. And ha- I almost, I started having a panic attack. Oh, at because there's this, there's this moment, and I was like, you need to pause the movie. And my sister was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, this is my nightmare. 
Yeah. Like this is a nightmare I have. And mm. it's, it's a dream within a story within a story. Like there's consistently like just multiple stories going on at once. And you're not even really sure by the end of it. Like, well, where does the beginning, where, what is the beginning of this movie? Um, because, you know, with dreams, there tend to be multiple layers. Like one minute we're in our house and the next minute we're in a forest mm -hmm. being chased by wolves for some yeah. reason. And yeah. that's exactly how the movie is. It's yeah. literally oh. like watching a projection of a dream and it's terrifying and probably has some of the best next to an American werewolf in London has some of the best practical effects of a man transforming into a wolf. Mm. It's, it's very, very good. Interesting. I haven't heard of this film. It sounds like something to explore. I think it was like made by a French director or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, but like in very early eighties and experimental, very like artsy, um, but very good. Oh, Angela Lansbury's in it. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. I'll definitely have to check that out. That's, that's one I've never heard from before. I highly recommend it. Cool. All right. So my number three film is deep blue sea. So this deep blue sea is like, to me, the, the prototypical, like, this, the difference between a B-movie back in the day and now. Like, this is a B-movie, but it does have a big budget. Is that the shark one? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a shark I one. It. It, I like that it's one. The genetically mutated sharks that are smart. Yep. So, again, these crazy premises. Like, the premise is, okay, so, like, you know, the, you know the pitch was like, okay, like, imagine Jaws, but the, the shark was even smarter, and there's more of them. There's three sharks. More. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, by the way, you're stuck on an island. You're stuck on a, a floating island, so you can't even like leave. And they can get inside. Yeah, and they can get inside. So this movie, this movie is just like so and it's got like great at Sam Jackson's in it, and he's awesome. Um st the dad Skarsgard, I forget. Uh yeah. Stellan Sarsgard. Stellan, yeah, yeah. I think he's I, I love him, but yeah, he's in it. Yeah, he's in it. He's 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 awesome. Um who else is in it? Um, Thomas Jane, like Mr. B-Movie. I love Thomas Jane. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Jane. I, just I, like, I yeah, and he's just like the king of the B-Movie. Like in B-Movies, he's so good. He's I, always so good. I, I Again, I'm not going to try and derail you, but there is a short Punisher film that he was, have you seen mm -hmm. it? I've seen it, yeah. I saw I it very recently. I know. <laughs> Well, the reason why is because there's these money people who are like, oh, well, I don't really like him being that violent. Do, do you think people are going to like that? And it's, it's like, so yes, Punisher. people are going to like it's always It's always the suits who get in the way a lot of the time. That's the problem. That's but the sorry. problem. Yes, uh, Deep Blue Sea is. Yeah. Deep Blue Sea. It, it's so, I mean, Ella Cool J's in this movie. I love um, it, it, This movie's really fun. And it just. I mean, one of one of cinema's greatest moments is in this movie. Honestly, yes. like, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, Sam Jackson's not going to eat by a shark. What are you yeah. talking about? Another, this movie pulls no punches. Yeah, no one is safe, and it, that death, and then the very end, prove that no yeah. one is safe. No one's safe. And what's so great about that moment too is like. You don't see it coming. And the fact that Sam Jackson did it and he loves doing stuff like that. He just loves it. And it just makes it because you're like, okay, 
he's gonna lead them it's gonna be fine and oh my god he got even play a fucking shark and it's just it, it's it's good for the story because that leaves the characters with well now who are we gonna look to yeah you know? they're in like total somebody, disarray somebody else has to step into that position into that character yeah. and and again the kid gloves are off entirely yeah. and mm-hmm. it doesn't look all that it doesn't look I don't think it's aged the worst, but I also don't think yeah. it's aged the best. Again, you're working with what you have, and mm-hmm. for the budget, I don't. I think it looks it looks fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're really in it for you know these 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 moments with like Sam Jackson and then stuff with Thomas Jane, and the rest. It's really just Jaws. Yeah, it's just Jaws in a in a different location and a bigger bigger stakes. Yep. And yeah. the ending is basically the same, right? Yeah, yeah don't, they blow it up, right? They blow well, them up. How else are you going to get rid of it? You know what I mean? At that point, right? you kind of write yourself into a corner where like, well, yeah. we already blew it up in Jaws, but we're going to do it yeah. different. We're still going to blow it up. We're going to do it just a little different. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's literally the same thing. They just, they just blow the shark up. But it's still fun. It's still, yeah. you know. And it's, it's got some good suspense. It's, mm-hmm. it's got some scariness to it. You know, like, again, my fear of water is... I don't like being able to not see where my feet are. And if I can't see my feet, what else is there that I can't see? And that that suspense alone for someone who doesn't like water is just. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, Yeah. So deep blue sea got to make my list. I mean, it's just classic (laughs) B movie. Yeah. All right, cool. So what's your number two? Um, My number two is actually another found footage film, which surprised me. It is called The Taking of Deborah Logan. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about this um, college group, this college um, group that's making a documentary about Alzheimer's and they get in contact with this woman who's taking care of her aging grandmother or mother. I forget which one. Um, I was like, yeah, she's been acting really strange lately. You know, just give her some space and, you know, whatever. Well, you're not sure if she's, being possessed by a demon or if she really these are just symptoms of alzheimer's and lo and behold there's a demon after her because Mm -hmm. she's got a pretty innocent dainty little deborah logan's got a dark past and Mm. it's 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 pretty freaky because again it's one of those things where like they'll just be filming and they're they're talking to each other and then they pan over and she's just standing there and it's really creepy or she's on a table she's levitating you know and it's just these poor college kids who have no idea what's going on and the ending is utterly tragic because yeah maybe they get rid of the demon but she still she still has no idea what's going on and it's it's just a it's a really um it's just a sad movie honestly but it's very good cool i think yeah i I have a similar feeling with like uh found footage films like i just there's something about the whole the whole thing that just doesn't work for me yeah it's just it's 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 okay like obviously i don't hate all of them because there's two on my list but it has to be a very specific yes kind like if it starts becoming too unbelievable they would have a video camera here or something um then i just it takes me out of the moment Mm -hmm. honestly Yeah. yeah um yeah, there aren't many that I really like. I mean, probably the Blair Witch Project would be a good one. Uh, Chronicle is solid. I never That's did see Chronicle. I heard a lot of yeah. things about it, though. 
it's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's great, but what's more interesting is like what happened to the careers of the people who were involved afterward. That's a whole nother cluster. Well, the director, <laughs> the director ended up doing Fantastic Four, and that was a disaster. That like, was him. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! It, it it ruined his career. It just ruined his career. You mean like just the remake it. of the Fantastic Four, right? Yeah, the really bad one, the Fan Four stick. Yeah. Yeah. The one where Dr. Doom had a trash bag for a costume. <laughs> yes. And the like funny thing is LED green lights. <laughs> the funny thing is that Doom is like the best part of the movie basically. Oh like that God. like the when Doom goes and kills a bunch of people that's the best part of the movie. Everything else is a total snooze fest or a disaster and then they rewrote the third act. Yeah. <laughs> that movie, yes. <laughs> That poor man. Yeah, yeah. There that's was another, a lot. Yeah, I was gonna say there's an, that's another instance where like suits metal that I feel oh, like he got time. screwed. Big time, yeah, yeah. You know, it happens. Um, all right, so my my number two is this film called The Hidden. Um, have you ever seen this film or heard of it? I have not. Okay, cool. So let me I'll give you the pitch for the hidden. So it's Invasion of the Body Snatchers meets the Terminator. That's the hidden. Okay. I would so, like more. Yeah. So um, the only, I feel like the only actor that I really know is Kyle McLaughlin. This was okay. like kind of, I think this came out in like the late 80s. So he was kind of big, but not really big. So there are these, so the movie starts off with a bang. Okay. There's a shootout and a chase scene from the jump. <laughs> yeah. And then. Okay. Like, we, we don't really know what's going on exactly, but we see some weird stuff. And what we learn is that there are these aliens that inhabit a human's body, and they take them over. And when they take over a human's body, they can't feel pain. And so this there's an evil alien that is doing a bunch of stuff, and it has this, this sinister plan. And the Kyle McLaughlin alien is a good guy, and then he befriends another cop. And they're trying to kill the bad alien. That's the plot. Okay. <laughs> but cool. but these aliens are Terminators. Straight up. They can't feel pain. They just go around killing, destroying anything that they want. And there's some really, like, it's it's a it's a action horror film. Like, there are some really hor- horrifying stuff. So, like, there's one scene where um, the, the bad alien gets hurt so bad that he has to basically switch bodies. And you see the alien go into another body. Yeah, it's nasty. But, you know, really cool and memorable and really cool practical effects. So, <laughs> I'm all, sorry, I am all about practical effects. I'm like, I love them. I really yeah, do. I, I would, for anyone who hasn't seen this film, The Hidden, definitely recommend it. It's, I won't, I'll, I'll try not to give away too much. The ending is really good to it. There's a, there's this climactic scene uh, <laughs> where, you know, if you just like imagine what's the worst thing that could happen with a body snatching alien. Like what? Whose body could it take over? <laughs> this is Donald Trump. Ew. Wait, am I'll, I right? I'll I'll just leave. You gotta watch the movie. I'll just leave okay, it out there. I'm writing down the hidden. I'll just I'll just leave it out there. Like the worst thing that could happen with a body snatching alien. Just imagine that. Um, an evil body snatching alien. Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, the hidden, a a absolute 
awesome action B movie from the eighties. Got to see it. Really good. Um, cool. So, and do we we covered your number two, right? So yes, right that was, here. Yeah, the take right. by Deborah Logan was my number two. Cool. So, what's your number one? My number one might be the most B movie. <laughs> it comes all the way from nineteen eighty nine, and it is called Arena, and it is about intergalactic space wrestling. Lots of puppets. And I don't remember, the, there's no name actors in this movie, and there are absolutely none, except that the main character looks exactly like Christopher Reeves with blonde hair. Like, he is a dead ring. If they saw this guy, they were like, you know how we could trick people to come see this movie? If we cast this guy, because he looks yeah. exactly like Superman. And I just, I watched this movie probably for the first time eight years ago at this point, and I've never forgotten it. Because it is one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. I think his best friend is a puppet. Uh, but it's literally like, because that's like at the height of like WWE, WCW, wrestling was like a huge thing. Wrestlers were becoming actors a little bit. And yeah, it's just aliens wrestling each other. <laughs> it's just so, I think there's some kind of mafia plot involved as well. Some kind of space mafia. But it's very ridiculous. But it's it's just a lot of fun. Again, it's one of those just goofy things that yeah. you don't, don't take it seriously. Just enjoy it. I think I saw there's someone that I that I subscribe to on YouTube that like does movie stuff, and they had bought a VHS of that movie, and they were playing the trailer. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks interesting. Yep, it's 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 weird. It's just weird. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Sounds fun. Um, so my number one movie is John Carpenter movie, They Live. So speaking of wrestlers turned actors, right? So this has, um, oh, I forget I forget the guy's name, but he's a, he was a wrestler. Was it Rowdy Roddy Piper yeah, or something like that? That's right. Rowdy Roddy Piper. He's in it. <clears throat> There's a fun scene where he... Him and the other guy, they wrestle <laughs> in like a back alley in a fight. <laughs> um, but it's it's one of the coolest movies of all time. Like just the premise and like the thematic stuff about what the what it's really saying is just so cool. Yeah, it's one of my dad's favorite movies. I remember yeah. seeing parts of it when I was a kid. And I remember it kind of freaking me out. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, because it's like, you know, it's like one of those kind of, it's like the classic kind of conspiracy stuff, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they're, they are controlling us. Who is they in this? It's aliens. So aliens. More aliens. Yeah. And the aliens are like, you know, they're controlling us and we're just like a product for them and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, and then he puts on the glasses and he can see the aliens. And so then he. I think that's you know, what freaked me out when I was little was the glasses part. And I. Yeah. I, Yeah, it's like, Sorry. yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a really good film. I mean, it's like a really solid film. It, it's, the pace is really quick. It, like, before you know it, it's like the film's over. And it's it's just so good at what it's trying to do. You know, it's got this really smart premise. And I feel like the theme is pretty, pretty like, even today, it kind of resonates with people. 
Uh-huh. You know, they feel like they're being controlled by these these forces that are basically corporations, right? Exactly. That are controlling us, that want us to just be drones. Buy, um, buy, buy. Yeah, buy, produce, sell, you know, <laughs> reproduce or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's funny stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I, this was actually a hard list for me to make because I, I, I had a whole bunch of like honorable mentions like Slither. Slither's um, really great, yep. Yeah, The Warriors from the 80s, the New York Gang Oh, no, I don't think I've ever seen that, no. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a, that is a super classic B-movie. Super classic. It's like New York City's been taken over by gangs, and there's there's gang warfare, but then all the gangs blame the Warriors, and so then they're all after them, and so the Warriors have to fight their way out. Really cool. Um, Death Race from 2008 is another one of my favorite ones. Um, Tremors. Oh, I love really Tremors. Good. Tremors is amazing B movie. Um, Anaconda from the nineties. Like sometimes I forget that was a movie, but it's yeah. actually kind of fun. That movie's so fun. I mean, the cast is amazing. It's super goofy. It's you know some of the CGI still kind of holds up. Um, yeah. John Boyd just completely is that character. I forget the character's name, but he is just, he's like, yeah, I am this person. Yeah. Like, to- I feel totally. like he was method on that, on that character. He, yeah, he did. He, <laughs> he immersed himself. Um, JLo's in it. Um, L, um, Ice Cube's in it. Ice Cube, yeah. Yeah, Ice Cube's in it. Um, I feel like there's other people in it too. It's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's so fun. And it, when I was a kid, I saw A-Legged Freaks in theaters. That was one of the most fun movies I'd ever seen in a theater. <laughs> and I yeah, have... another just... Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, but you go ahead. Yeah, so it's just it's just a goofy premise. It's like, okay, um, um, it, it's just spiders, nuclear waste, giant spiders, go. <laughs> oh, A-Legged Freaks, yes! My parents, that was one of the one of the movies my dad ordered from Netflix for the first time. We ordered Harry Potter, and I think that was also, Eight Legged Freaks was another one, yeah. Yeah. It's kid. just so fun. And it's like baby Scarlett Johansson's in it. I know. I forget that she was like, she's not necessarily a child actor, but like a tween actor kind of. A yeah. She's very, um, yeah, you see her in a lot of stuff when she was like pretty young. Yeah. Um. I had the prophecy on mine, but I didn't. I didn't include it for some reason. But I love. I love the prophecy. It's such. At growing up in a religious household, that was like a movie that was not allowed. So <laughs> now that I'm an adult, but my brothers who were also who were angsty teenagers would watch it up in the loft, and I would be like, mm-hmm. "What are you watching? Go, go read the Bible." I'm like, "I'm uh-huh. not reading the fucking Bible." <laughs> um, so when I finally watched it from start to finish, not just these tiny little snippets here and there, which I'd create an entirely different plot in my mind, I was like, wow, this is actually a really, I can understand why my parents did not want me to see this movie, especially since angels are depicted as such ruthless, awful yeah. creatures. And yeah. Christopher Walken is just so good. Like, yeah. His delivery of his lines is great. Like, I love his little speech in it where he's like, I'm an angel. I kill babies and salt the earth. Basically. That's what I am. Mm. It's just this really good little monologue that he has. 
and it's got you know a bunch of recognizable people from the 80s and, uh, and 90s and uh, Viggo Mortensen as the yeah, devil Viggo. is one of my favorite depictions of the devil because um, he's just he's in a suit yeah he's slimy his hair the way yeah. his hair is slicked back and he's just like ugh, creepy vibes. Viggo Vigo is like Vigo gives so many interesting performances because I feel like he's the type of guy who like if he's gonna do a part he really wants to do that part for a specific yeah. reason. He's got a great range, like a yeah. really interesting body of work. I feel like he's right up there with Daniel Day Lewis in my opinion. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just a chameleon. Ever seen uh, Carlito's Way? No, I haven't. Oh, Carlito's Way. He's in Carlito's Way for maybe. Four minutes, maybe, probably like three minutes. Unbelievable. Like unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. He's I would def- that that's a really good like nineties gangster kind of movie. Um, I would definitely recommend it. Um and he's in it, he's incredible. Um I, I recently saw this movie, Mr. Fantastic, that he I don't know if you've seen that. Um, but he's really, really good in that movie as just like a really freewheeling dad who's raising his kids to be super radical Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and you know he just yeah like you said he has such amazing range he can just do so many things yeah i mean he's freaking aragon he's aragorn and you know what's funny so he wasn't even he they didn't even cast him at first as a role wasn't it the guy who played lestat and yeah it was lestat when i heard that i was like i am so glad history did not go that way like well, I mean, they, they had to fire him. It didn't work. Oh, my God. I'm so glad that he got fired. I, I really kind of feel bad for that guy because so he gets fired off of that. And then he was at one point, I believe he was married to Charlize Theron. And then she <laughs> broke it off with him. I mean, he must be doing something wrong. It was the queen of the damned. <laughs> you know, I also liked him in Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen as, uh, who was he? Oh, my God, um, he was in that. He, he was, was really good. Wasn't he the Dorian he was, Gray character? Yeah, he was Dorian Gray. That makes complete sense. He just like had this in those two roles. I feel like he had this this really interesting charisma that I don't think he's ever replicated, and I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen an actor really replicate it. Where it, it, he just he just had something about him that that was electric. Yeah, you know, I don't actually dislike that movie. Like, I haven't seen it in a very long time, but it kind of came out around the same time as, you know, like, Van Helsing when those kinds of movies were still, like, being made of, like, famous, fictional, larger-than-life characters. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just the perfect storm. Sometimes it's who you're surrounded by, you know. Even if we're not actors, we've worked in groups, I'm sure, before. And sometimes it's just a good combination of of whatever the elements are around you. because, oh, uh, what's his name? Um, Billy Zane, mm-hmm. who was in The Phantom. Mm-hmm. He is in one of my favorite World War II movies, and he gives a phenomenal performance. Mm. It's called The Memphis Bell. Okay. And his character is so relatable, mm. and he gives, it's just a perfect storm of the other actors around him. The director yeah. believed in him, yeah. and he was really good. And then you have Phantom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He kind of he 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 basically peaked with Titanic, and then he kind of went down a hill. Yeah, and it's um, just, it's really unfortunate, but there are those instances where mm-hmm. some an actor who shit on all the time can deliver. And yeah, totally. It's almost like why can't it be like this all the time? Yeah, Legal, *Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen* is another one where the studio big time put their hand on it, 
Um, they they made them create a character that wasn't in the comic. They made them put in Tom Sawyer into this movie. When this is this is basically a a bunch of Victorian British characters, yeah. and they threw in this American, and it's like what? And it's like, yeah, it's like a 30 year old Tom Sawyer. And it's like, no, it didn't, it didn't work at all. That didn't work. But, you know, I think, I think that there, I I forget, I was watching, there, there's some films, I think that they're just not ready in the, in the, in the, in the ether. Yeah. Like there's, there's not enough knowledge about certain characters for it to really work. And I remember watching, um, recently I just, I just rewatched part of dream this movie Dreamcatcher, which is a Stephen King adaptation. Yeah, same part of it. Mm-hmm. The the movie and the book, I think that they're both not great, but there was a scene. So the main characters in Dreamcatcher are from Derry. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, they're from Derry. And there's a scene where there's this this mentally handicapped girl goes missing. And they they find her. Guess where they find her? Is it with Pennywise? They they see her in a sewer. They see her in a sewer, right? So then, the, and 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 I'm watching the scene. They lower the kid down into the sewer, and he's like holding his feet, like, "Hey, like, let me help you." And I'm like, "Oh my god, this is insane!" Because now, in the context of today, we're like, "Dude, that's that could be Pennywise. That could be yeah, a, exactly. a, right." And so it's like dairy sewer. That's Pennywise. But, you know, today that has a totally different context. They didn't actually play that scene for, for scares. Like, I feel like today you would play that scene differently in a way that really, like, pays off that, like, the fact that Pennywise exists in this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, like, you know, and then there was that that movie, that 90s, like, I don't know, it was, like, a miniseries with, with It. Yeah, it was, but, like, a made-for-TV yeah. miniseries with um, Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah, to, which was really good for the time. Um, but, like, that that type of stuff, like, if you make Dreamcatcher today, if you just, like, made it with the kids in the 80s, and I I think it would, it would play a lot differently because yeah. now people are aware of Pennywise. They're aware of, okay, it's almost like a sequel to to it. And I feel like for um, the League of Extraordinary General, there just wasn't enough for people to care about those characters. And I've always felt like that what that what a movie like that would need is like the main character needs to be like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Character within that time period and it's someone that we know, it's a character we know that can lead us through this world that makes us understand it and like it. But there's a lot of cool stuff like Nemo is a cool character. I really liked Captain Nemo. I thought he was yeah. a really good addition. Yeah, yeah. Um and even Dorian Gray, I don't even think that was in the original comic. I think they did that really well. Um yeah. He again wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah, but like the 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 guy who directed that directed Blade, and then he just quit. He quit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's really sad. That really sucks. Yeah, I mean, again, also sometimes studios are just like, well, it has to include everyone has to be able to see this movie. It has to be for families. It has to be for kids. Mm-hmm. We need toys. We need something to shove into a McDonald's, you know, kids meal into a happy mm-hmm. meal for God's sakes. And it's just like, do we really though? Because 10 years later, Marvel started being able to make movies for everyone, but it didn't make anyone cringe. So again, maybe it just has to be the perfect storm of, yeah. of things. 
millions of people. Yeah. But I think part of it also is Marvel took its time with it. Mm-hmm. It, lear- it learned from its mistakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes studios are just like, no, we need to rush it out. We need a filler in between our box, um, mm-hmm. our um, blockbusters, basically. Which is unfortunate because people are still putting time into this, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think people vastly overestimate how how like they think that like the marvel model is either replicatable or like that it was like some genius thing a lot of it was luck yeah i mean if 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 the avengers that movie if that movie did as well as like the justice league movie i don't think we're in the same place that we are with the mcu Mm. because everything hinged on that movie like the first captain america movie was not super successful the first Thor movie was not super successful. Not that not Hulk, really. that Hulk movie was not good, not good. The first Hulk movie, oof. oh, with Eric Bana. Well, that one was also bad. <laughs> I, but, I, that is one of yeah. the worst movies I've literally ever seen. Nothing makes sense. <laughs> no, absolutely nothing. You mean to tell me there are giant dogs running around San Francisco, <laughs> wherever the hell they are, and nobody sees them? Yeah. It's a ten foot tall dog. <laughs> Is <laughs> yeah, and like, 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 someone didn't someone see a ten foot tall crap and like think, wow, where did this come from? Where did all this shit come from? I don't know. I'm gonna go water my roses, but like the the um the Edward Norton one, I liked only because it actually showed Bruce Banner doing sciency things, whereas the Eric the Eric Banner Bruce Banner that's really hard to say. Um, was stupid. He was yeah. straight up dumb, <laughs> and was just like, "Yeah, I'm glad you got zapped with gamma radiation. Maybe it'll help your IQ." Um, but was Edward Norton was smart. Like the character yeah. was, I believed was smart. It's just, it's yeah, I, I did. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think I think there's a ton of luck that came to the MCU. Um, and I mean the fact that. You know, again, Kevin Feige, like he's he's a really smart guy. He's been he's been making movies, like he 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 produced the first X Men movie, so he's had a lot of time to figure it out. Um, and I mean, yeah, there were just to me there was a lot of movies that were like, eh, not great. And I think the other thing too is like Disney owning them. I think that really helped too, because yeah. Disney has this insane marketing, um, like their 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 ability to market films is like it's like crazy. Um, because I don't think Iron Man two was good. I didn't um, like Iron Man 2. Um, I liked parts of Iron Man 3, but Iron Man 1 definitely yeah. was the yeah. was the one they were waiting for. Because I feel yeah. like they were like, if we can take the losses of Thor and Captain America, we're at least setting it up. We yeah. still have Iron yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that still is one of my favorite movies. I think the first Iron Man movie is mm-hmm. not perfect, but a very good representation of where it was going to take go in the future. It's definitely, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, if it weren't for that movie, the MCU doesn't exist. It just can't work. Cause that is the foundation. That's really the foundation. Yeah. It set the stage for how the humor mm-hmm. was going to be, the seriousness, yeah. um, the interactions with characters. Cause we know how Tony Stark acts. How is he going to mm-hmm. be standing next to Captain America? You know? Mm-hmm. So, which, yeah. Sparks fly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's all about Tony. I mean, even up to Endgame, 
It's oh, about yeah. Tony. He was a right? catalyst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, so that covers everything. <laughs> Even got a little MCU discussion in there. Um, yeah, I, I like I like talking about the MCU too. Um, so yeah, and um, I, hopefully we'll be back with you guys next week. We'll figure out another film to watch. Um, and uh, yeah, so check us out. Follow us on our social medias, and subscribe to her channel. Make some awesome content. Started doing reaction videos that are fun. <laughs> yeah, is that Ben Shapiro's real sister? I believe so, yeah. I thought that was just a joke, but someone in the comments was just like, no, that's his sister. Yeah, that is... That is his sister. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do some more research on that myself, but yeah. My channel is evolving. If you don't like Star Trek, there are reaction videos. That is also a motorcycle in case... I don't know if you can hear that. Um... Yeah, there's some reaction videos, there's some Star Trek, there's plenty of movie reviews, and I actually just started watching The Orville, so expect something like that to be out. Cool. And that's like Star Trek adjacent, right? It's a love letter to Star Trek. I'm three mm-hmm. episodes in, and I can already see how much Seth MacFarlane loves the fact that he is on the bridge of that ship, because like, he was actually in two episodes of Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, cool. When he was a struggling actor. Yeah, like he loves Star Trek. So, nice. <laughs> nice. It's always good to like see people live the dream, right? Yeah, and it's nice to know that it's being taken care of by someone who gets it and loves yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you'll are you going to do some reviews of that? Yeah, I'm going to binge the first season as quickly as possible and have a, something to say by... Hopefully the end of it. As soon as I'm done with the last episode of season one, I'll probably start filming something. Cool. I can't wait to see to see that video. Yay. Cool. All right. Yeah. And so I'll I'll have some more content. I'm gonna be doing a review with my friend Lucian. We're gonna review the tax collector. Nice. Which whew, man, that had some interesting reviews, some very interesting things were said about that film. Okay. So that'll be later today. <laughs> We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about our top five favorite uh, cartel-related films. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks a lot, everybody, for coming. And um, we'll see you again next time. You know, may the force be with you and all that. Live long and prosper. Yeah. <laughs>